0: Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion with a Q&A session taking questions from our listeners, but we also have a very special guest.
1: Welcome to the Being Lutheran podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me today
2: Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brian Rickey, and
3: Pastor Brady Finner.
2: Thanks again for your time, Brady. It's been one afternoon for you, but a month for mm-hmm. our listeners. And I think it's been a valuable experience. We've had the opportunity to discuss issues that either we think we already understand or we don't normally talk about, or both. And anytime we have occasion to do that, uh, it's a valuable experience. You know, Brian, you brought up a great point off mic that our sinful nature. Uh, We would rather be right than to know the truth, and so we we kind of want to contribute to avoiding that, and Mm -hmm. I think these last three episodes have been good, and we're also rounding out communion today, our 12-episode arc on communion. That's it. Yeah. Wow. We did 16 on baptism because it's more important than communion. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, hey, <yo. laughs> hey, there's water A fight there. is ensuing. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, we already addressed the issue. Part of the interesting conundrum right, the church the, has with... Communion is that, scripturally speaking, there's just so much more material Mm on baptism than there is Mm on communion. And especially when it comes to the New Testament, all of the sections Mm -hmm. on communion are basically verbatim Mm -hmm. the same thing. And so, uh, you know, a little bit less material, a little bit more of a general discussion, but I think valuable nonetheless. I think that's good, yeah. We do have a couple of gaps right. to fill in, and we had some listener questions and comments we wanted to address. Yes. Apologies for not opening it up to the wider audience for that we may do that mm-hmm. at a later time but i think at any time you yeah, can send in questions yeah and then or comments know, yeah in the interest of advancing the content we're going to gonna brian. be moving to as long yeah. as yeah. nice <laughs> brian <laughs> right. ricky oh. yeah, brian ricky <laughs> at beinglutheran.com is uh, that what the, does that even <laughs> exist no. no it doesn't uh, we don't have our own addresses right. that's why i give it out right yeah. it's always the,
1: like giving a fake number oh. what was it not dot com but dot US. US. That U.S.
3: U.S., yes. Doxology, That's look right. at that. You're, you're already promoting. Way to be. But yeah,
2: we will be starting a new arc next week on Confession and Absolution. Yeah. Mm, That'll chew up be a few episodes for us. And then just coming down, spoiler alert, this mm-hmm. is the light at the end of the tunnel that is probably a freight train. Uh, we're going to have a massive series on vocation and it's we're going to get, get yeah. back onto that. And so looking forward to interacting with the Table of Duties, interacting with Luther's Theology of Vocation, interacting with the patron saint of vocation, Gene Yes, uh, and <laughs> all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I quoted him two sermons ago. Nice, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you want to prepare for that, right now go out and get and read God at Work mm. and Family Vocation right. by Gene Veth and then Gene Veth and Mary Morby. Mm-hmm. Uh, highly recommend that mm. and you will mm. be on board with what we're Doing stuff. With that series, stuff. so mm-hmm. Brett, you got our first comment yes. from a friend of the podcast, yeah. Ben
1: Baker. Ben Baker, yes, a, a good friend um, and Pastor I, Ben Baker. Pastor now, Ben Baker ordained you know,
2: a couple months ago,
1: and we love you, Ben. But you, you are. We love how long-winded you are. Yeah. <laughs> we're not reading. We're not reading
2: your whole email, Ben, because your email started right. with chapter one. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, well, we're just choosing a, a paragraph. But then I'm sure Jason, you'll you'll riff more on on what he was trying to get at too. So uh, he had a question about remembrance, and uh, we're just reading a, a paragraph from his email. He says remembrance is participation. In the sacrament, all of God's saving actions in the past become my present experience in reality through the reception of the true body and blood of Christ in and under the bread and and the wine for the forgiveness of my sins. Right. Um, so, yeah,
2: referring remembrance. Yeah. So I think it's, it's Ben did a really great job of identifying a blind spot in us. We, we talked about the for you nature of the sacrament and the words of institution. We talked about the is, means, is aspect of the words of institution. Um, but we really kind of passed over without too much of a thought the mm-hmm. do this in remembrance of me. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. had mentioned we had paid a little bit of lip service that there is that ceremonial value to communion without it being the primary aspect. Of course, we don't want to go down the road of symbolism or things like that. But Ben is right to point out that remembrance in communion isn't necessarily symbolic. And especially, we would note that remembering uh, in Scripture isn't merely recall. It isn't just merely Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thinking of something that has happened once. Remembrance always comes with that kind of notion of acting and you know, with all caveats identified of participation, Mm -hmm. you know, and so uh, God remembered Noah and his family as they floated on the globe during the flood and God acted, Mm -hmm. right? God heard and remembered his people in bondage in Egypt and God delivered. And so when we are called to remember what Christ has done, like Ben has said, yeah. we are mm-hmm. called to remember that we are part of God's salvation story because ultimately he has saved us. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the salvation during the flood is our salvation and the salvation during the Exodus is our salvation and the conquering of the promised land is our conquering of the promised land and, and so on and so forth. It's, it's why I, I really, one of the things I appreciate most about Lutheran doctrine mm-hmm. is that the history of Israel is our history as the children of God. And it's a history that points to what God has done for us in Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was an invitation for more discussion, yeah, right. by the way, panel of three other hosts of the Being Lutheran podcast, if you want to riff on that. Ha- no,
0: I think you handled it really, really well. You know, awesome. uh, bringing forward, the in remembrance of bringing forward, that's what, that was what was completed on the cross. And uh, just as we proclaim uh, an Easter and Good Friday that it is finished, mm-hmm. you know, paid in full, and uh, we can do that every Sunday as we participate in Holy Communion and bringing, and bringing that uh, to a place where it's not just lip service, not sure. just going through the motions, but that is a real tangible thing, that assurance of faith, mm-hmm. uh, the freedom of Christ Jesus, the reminder that when the sun sets us free, Right, we are free indeed.
1: Does that put it in the realm of more of a gospel invitation? Um, yeah.
2: Well, th- here's the question. I think this is the question that needs to be asked, and you guys can all answer this. Uh, and it's also for the sake of generating content for this episode so that we can keep recording. But when we remember...
0: <laughs> we never d- run out of things to say. <laughs> like, we, we go over. We we'll never just, go under. We'll, we'll
2: just talk about <laughs> baseball if we run out of things to talk about, right? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> When you, we remember, when Christ commands us, do this in remembrance of me, and you guys all teach congregations and preach, when we remember, what are we remembering and how do you teach mm-hmm, that? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Yeah.
3: Well, first of all, I don't think I've ever really, We are so scared as Lutherans to be seen as ones who see it as a symbol. Yeah. That this part where it happens twice, this doing remembrance of me. I mean, Jesus says this twice. And so, this is an important aspect to faith is that part of faith is remembering what has been done because mm-hmm. that's what's happening now. Um, and like you said, remembering, you know, and, and he, Jesus, God speaks this way all the time. It says, remember when I did this and led you out of mm-hmm. Egypt and those kind of things. And this yeah. is a. Like you said, assurance. And this is why when we talk about communion, yes, we are receiving forgiveness of sins. But as you guys have talked about, the AFLC is very good at saying this is also assurance. Mm-hmm. We don't want to ever deny that reality. We need mm-hmm. to bring those both together you know, mm-hmm. as much as possible. So I, this is enlightening for me. I guess you're always so scared. Like, you, like I don't know, there's a church I went into once and on their altar it said, do this in remembrance of me. And you instantly start thinking, are they do they think it's a symbol? I mean, this yeah. is a Missouri oh, congregation. Sure. And so yeah. we're oh. very warped and even talking yeah, about this yeah. simply because mm-hmm. we're worried about it being a symbol, not mm-hmm. the true body and blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's
2: it's so interesting. It's an intentional and you identify Brady a repeated part of the <laughs> words of institution. <laughs> mm-hmm. and if anything we know about scripture, anytime something's <laughs> repeated, okay, you gotta be there. It's you gotta a, gotta know what it's saying. But mm-hmm. I think you know we can kind of take aim a little bit at generic American Christianity and the danger in treating yeah. ethnic Israel as a separate entity runs into that that salvation history in the Old Testament is not my salvation history. And right, so you're always right. waiting for God... To do something new or do something different. Mm. And in again, just because of the lack of clarity teaching that's been out there, we are not teaching replacement theology. It's mm. not that the church came and superseded and replaced Israel of the Old Testament is that Israel in the Old Testament was always the church mm. and that right. the people of God, it wasn't based on their DNA. Mm-hmm. It was based on their faith in mm-hmm. the gospel promises. Mm-hmm. And so that's where Elijah, can run away from that literal mountaintop experience on Mount Carmel. And, and you know, it, it's such a disjointed experience for us reading through First Kings because, you know, he, he has that massive spiritual high in defeating the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. You know, this is, this is Elijah's time to shine. And Jezebel just threatens his life and he goes, runs and hides in the wilderness mm-hmm. and he pouts. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in the midst of that, you know what? Ahab is the king of Israel. Jezebel is the queen of Israel. Uh, All of the prophets of Baal who were on Mount Carmel who were slaughtered were Israelites. Uh, The the, the people who were worshiping at the the altars of Baal were Israelites. And so God, in comforting Elijah, says, I have reserved for me in Israel 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Mm -hmm. In God's mind, the people of the promise were only and ever the people who had faith in in the promise, yeah. mm. and so at a time of apostasy, there were still faithful believers and followers of Yahweh, and at a time we could say of revival, like when Josiah and the entire nation repented towards the end of Second Kings, there were those in Israel who were apostate and who did not have faith and would not have been numbered as God's people. That mm. is where the church relates back to Israel. It's this is not a matter of DNA and it's not a matter of dirt in the Middle East it's a matter of God's promises pointing to God's salvation and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we become a part of that as Christians but certainly as we come to the altar and receive that same salvation that God gave to Adam, that God gave to Noah, that God gave to Moses, that God gave to Joshua, God gave to David. That's our salvation. That's what he's done for us in Christ. The people of the Old Testament were looking forward to the cross.
0: We look back in history at the cross. And that really ties into what you said. And I really appreciated that, Brady, when you said that we should identify the in remembrance of me to the God who led you out of the land of Egypt, the God right. who delivered you out of the the, mm-hmm. the, the treachery of Babylon. Mm-hmm. That's That's our God. You know, salvation history is our history and we, as as you said very clearly, and kind of making it our own, but yet making it our own and allowing Christ to knit us together as a congregation is a beautiful thing because we share this heritage. We share these promises, we share the realization and the fulfillment of those promises in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. And that is worthy to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's also a
2: continued invitation for us to keep remembering Mm -hmm. is, is, is amazing that, you know, we have the God of the universe has invited us to examine his track record. And in doing so, we are comforted and we are strengthened in faith. And Mm so we, we go to the altar regularly. And we receive the body and blood of Christ mm-hmm. for the forgiveness of our sins. And God is identifying, this is who I am and this is how I operate. And we go forward from that event at the altar. And, you know, immediately we are attacked by our sinful flesh and the world and the yeah. devil. And we are called to remember. Hmm. We're called to remember that God delivered the yeah. Israelites. We're called to remember uh what he did in Christ on the cross and in the tomb in in the empty tomb in history. And we're invited and called to remember that's ours as we received it at the altar. And, and it's a really, you know, you brought out the assurance mm-hmm. aspect again, Brady. It, it's, that's really what serves for our comfort because this is who our God has yeah. revealed himself mm-hmm. to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes I've talked to non-Lutherans about the Lord's Supper, They they view the remembrance as a burden, a a law thing. And what I'm hearing is you're talking about this as a gospel thing. Yeah,
2: it's absolutely a gospel feature. It's not Mm -hmm. a command of, you know, you know, remember uh, that you were supposed to mow the lawn or something. You know, (laughs) (laughs) remember your helping verbs from grammar or things like that. It's a this God calls us to remember more because, on the lands of like yeah, believe. Yeah, and in remembering mm-hmm. we are comforted and strengthened in our faith, and assured of where we stand with God.
0: Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's too difficult or too much of a stretch or also incorrect to remember why Jesus went to the cross yeah. for my sin, mm-hmm. that he took my place. And so I think that with uh, contrition and humility as we talked about a couple less episodes mm-hmm. coming to the Lord's table with humility, con- contrition and thankfulness in our heart. We remember the great gift that we have in Christ Jesus.
1: All right. Well, we wanted to um, ask another question from our uh, listener, JT. And uh, he asked this. Um, On what passage or passages of scripture do you base your use of the phrase the sacrament of the altar in reference to the Lord, uh, to this, this sacrament? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Why not use the term the Lord's Supper? Um,
2: yeah. Well, to to answer that question the most basic way is we do use the term the Lord's yeah, Supper. Right. The yeah, right. Lutherans have, <laughs> have four different ways of re- referring to the sacrament, and all, all of them are kind of used of, interchangeably. Yep. We have Holy Communion, we have the Lord's Supper, we have the Eucharist, and we have the sacrament of the altar. Mm-hmm. Uh, to more specifically answer the question I want you guys to chime in on this I just think it's a matter of practice I don't think it's a matter of scripture that we get the sacrament of the altar mm-hmm. it's just the fact that we administer the sacrament at the altar it's yeah a, it's a sacrament and yeah <laughs> and, and and perhaps and JT you can write us as you have been faithful to do on so many other occasions but uh from my memory the reformed and especially those of the presbyterian branch are kind of coming from that sort of iconoclastic uh, reformation heritage where they got rid of the images they got rid of the altar adornments and things like this mm-hmm. which is might be and i'm not a historical theologian by any step of the stretch of the imagination which might be why lutherans went to the sacrament of the altar and why maybe Presbyterians and others of the Calvinist tradition didn't. I don't mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. But it, for me, it just seems to be a natural thing because of the practice of where the sacrament is administered.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I agree. I don't really have much to yeah. add there. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Jason. All right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I gotta, be, I gotta be honest with you. I don't know that I've ever really thought about it mm-hmm. too much. You I'm know, not, we know, I'm not a-
1: sure uh, that in my church I would even say... The sacrament
2: of the altar? I mean, maybe yeah, I've personally referring. never said that. Uh, yeah. The other
0: three I use interchangeably all the time.
2: Yeah, right. We- I use sacrament of the altar more than I use Eucharist, mm-hmm. but I use it in my teaching and right. not so much. Not it's not like we have it Sunday in the morning, bulletin, yeah. mm-hmm. sacrament of the altar, you know, on, on a marquee or things like that. I most often interchange Holy Communion with the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's um, hear how the Missouri Senate um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Brady? <laughs> you know, I think it's very similar because like you said, I don't think I've ever said this besides mm-hmm. when I teach in the Catechism. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Eucharist tends to be your higher liturgical churches will use that mm-hmm. wording even though I think that's a little bit mis mi, not misleading, but it's more of just focus on the Thanksgiving end of it. Yeah, yeah. So when you have Holy Communion, yeah. it focuses on the holiness, the sacrament of the altar. Focus on the sacrament. Mm-hmm. The Lord's Supper is the probably Holy the most sacrament. full in my mind, is because yeah. it, it, it's actually the Lord. So I I'm kind of with you. I'm not really sure, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's
2: probably just we use it because it's in the Catechism. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think another thing is
0: just it's a very respectful way of saying uh, what we're about to. To remember, we just got done talking about in remembrance. We should do like
1: a uh, combine all those words together, like the, <laughs> oh the <my> holy <laughs> the holy Lord's supper of U-
3: communion oh, U- eucharist. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah.
2: And ladies and gentlemen, that's how heresy is invented. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by making things convenient. Uh, really. It's like that. Okay, uh, okay. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, really, we'll, we'll really give somebody PTSD. Remember that Stephen Curtis Chapman, oh, the oh, yeah, <laughs> thing, that song? Right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, don't no. go. If you haven't heard that, don't know what I'm talking about. Praise God. Yeah, don't. <laughs> don't mm-hmm. go down that road. 90 CCM. It was Who was the Christian time. comedian
0: that did the same thing, kind of, that... Um Tim Hawkins. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He the had
2: ninety percent of the time. The question: Who is the Christian comedian? The answer Tim is Hockens. Tim Hawkins. That's sorry, right. Sorry. That's right. The That's the right. other the other ten percent is Ken Davis.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but we <laughs> actually went to go see him. I sorry. Yeah. I can't. I he's hilarious. Remember his name. He is. Oh, and great. he didn't leave anybody alone. I was. No. And it was mm-hmm. it was like equal opportunity poking. You know. It was <laughs> it was good. And I think sometimes it's okay to hear that. It's like, well, you know, do we? take things too well, far here, absolutely. but, but I, I think that in defense of, of that term, because we are dealing with the true presence of the true body, body and blood of Christ, I I think it's just reverential. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, when I hear that, I'm just hearing someone uh, just really trying to uh, equate reverence To what we're about to partake in. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Some things aren't
2: in scripture, just a matter of tradition or practice, and that's what we'll leave that up Mm -hmm. to. JT did have one other question and wanted to know about the scriptural basis, what he called for the ubiquity of Christ's body. So basically he wanted to know the Lutheran position on how we can confess Christ's body Mm -hmm. can be in uh, more than one place. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's a theological answer to that, and then that's backed up by our understanding of a couple of scripture passages. Mm -hmm. The uh, theological answer in the Lutheran church is referred to as the communication of attributes.
0: Which is actually fleshed out in Leo's tome. When they were dealing with the Chalcedonian Creed mm, mm-hmm. about the two natures of Christ, yeah, right. and so it has been a church tradition for many, many years to believe that the the humanity of Christ is now in communication with the deity of Christ, and that Christ can then honor his promise to us that I am with you to the, I am always with you to the end of the age. I am always with you. I will never leave you as orphans. All of the promises that God will never leave us or forsake us. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the
2: the easiest way to explain this from the Lutheran perspective that I use in my congregations is I can't talk about the two natures of Christ without first talking about the Trinity because mm-hmm. it helps us explain oh, what yes. we're doing. Let's so talk I, about the Trinity. Like, you guys should have seen Brian's eyes light up. <laughs> <laughs> Trinity does for Brian what vocation does for Jason. Mm. Um, but in the Trinity, <laughs> we say there are three persons and one God, one mm-hmm. God and three persons. So there are not three gods, uh, there is one God, but God has three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. In the same way, there is one Christ with two natures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there are two natures in one Christ, the divine nature mm-hmm. and a human nature. Now, th- this was really poorly by certain theologians during the Reformation tried to be explained by gluing two boards together. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is it doesn't create one board. It's still two boards. Mm-hmm. So Christ has a divine nature and Christ has a human nature and they both have particular attributes that are endemic to those specific natures. So Hypostatic union. The mm-hmm. hypostatic union is what it's called. Really mm-hmm. deep theology here. Uh, if you really want to do some heavy lifting, read Two Natures in Christ by Martin Chemnitz. Oh, yeah. Nice. It's beautiful. It's, right? uh, <laughs> it's like 700 pages nice. of the thickest theology you will ever read, and it is absolutely necessary. It's, it's great. Lovely. Required textbook for okay. seminary. At, um, at, at, at our AFLC yeah. this yeah, right. mm-hmm. yeah
3: us too. But I think we only read a hundred of it. Well, <laughs> so, yeah. I, I,
2: the, we ended up functionally reading only about a hundred of it too. Yeah, but anyway, so what ends up happening is that we confess in the Athanasian Creed, which we just got through Trinity Sunday, as of this recording, uh, that the the human nature is incorporated into the divine mm. as Christ is glorified, mm-hmm. and, and so. Uh, in his glorification now, that human nature has those properties of the divine, which is how the body of Christ can be in more than one place at one time. Yeah. Now, that's, that's an imprecise way of saying it.
0: Yeah. but As long as we always end with there are two distinct natures in one person, mm-hmm. and there is a communication of the, of the, attributes. Of the deity yeah. attributes to, to the human. So, uh, but we can never, ever lose that distinction that there are two distinct natures, and Christ is one, and he is also one with the triune God. So,
2: Luther's actually really good at explaining that in large catechism. I think it is where he says that now Christ died according to the human nature, Mm -hmm. but because Christ is one person, we can also appropriately say that God died.
0: Yeah. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of also great early church fathers' writings on this topic, especially around that third, fourth century where the whole Chalcedonian thing came out. So, mm. well,
2: Anyway, that is a long way of explaining. Then we go to a passage like Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, the Great Commission. 1 Corin- uh, Corinthians chapter 15. Yep. Uh, mm. where Christ says, surely I will be with you always, yeah. even to the end of the age. We would understand Christ's presence as a real actual presence with his church based on the communication of attributes in his divine nature. Another aspect mm-hmm. is
0: we see Christ walking through walls in his human nature after he yep. has risen from the dead. Then if that attribute is then ascribed to his humanity, why not the yep. others? So it's, it,
2: it's a progression, JT. It's a really short way to answer a very complex question, but that's probably the best we can do without doing an entire series on it. <laughs> as appealing as it sounds to some of you, it's not in the cards for us for quite some time we got more of the confessions to cover yeah and so when we bounce back next week we will be talking about confession and absolution yeah,
1: definitely
0: not well, that we ascribe to tarot cards or witchcraft in any way shape or form you said in the cards oh uh-huh.
2: <laughs> My goodness. you are playing cards. I'm just kidding. Also That's next right. week, we'll be talking about figures of speech. <laughs>
0: <laughs> on that note, I'm going to read a passage of scripture and we're going to say goodbye. Thank you guys for listening. Brady, thank you so thank much for yes. so joining thank you. us. It was an honor having you here. Mm-hmm. I think this is appropriate. I'd just like to read the end of Galatians chapter three. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ, you are sons of God through faith. For as many of you as been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue to study the Lutheran confessions and the wonderful gift that we have in salvation in Christ Jesus. God bless you and have a great week.